1: Hello and welcome to Rainstop Play. This week, we're all in shock at Shane Warne's sudden passing as the legendary leg spinner, a true great of the game, left us aged only 52. We'll reflect on his untimely passing and the passing of another Australian great, Rod Marsh, to start this week's episode. We'll then move onto the field as India, led by an irresistible Ravi Jadeja, continue to torment a pretty sad-looking Sri Lanka. Pakistan and Australia struggle to entertain on a pitch flatter than Nebraska and the Women's World Cup thunders into life over in New Zealand. All that, plus the big preview of England's exciting test series in the West Indies to come, as well as Zach's quick question, as always. Uh, just the three of us today in Rainsaw Play, Wheels away this week. Uh, Glenn, what's going on? How are you?
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm good, thank you, mate. We'll, we'll get into it in a second, but still reading it, Warney's passing. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of overshadowed the stuff that has happened on the pitch.
1: Definitely, definitely
0: agreed. Zach, how are you?
2: yeah yeah all right you know
0: shocked so still haven't really processed it but yeah and and that
1: leads us straight into our first chat really and it is it is still shock, and and you know Shane Warne uh sadly passed away uh at the end of last week he was aged just 52 died of a suspected heart attack um on holiday in Thailand and I think I think that's it we are all still reeling from it I still can't quite believe it it's one of those celebrity deaths one of those sports people deaths that that you can't quite believe Um, tributes pouring in all week from ex-players, friends, and, you know, the life he led was fantastic. I just want to hear what you boys, you know, remember about Shane Warne. And, you know, we're all in our mid-20s now, uh, so saw him at his heights of the early noughties and that 2005 series, all the way through to his end of his test career and into his sort of post-cricket life as a commentator. I loved him as a commentator especially. And his work on the IPL, uh, playing in the IPL and the BBL. So, Glenn, sort of your reflection on on Shane Warne's life and what he meant, you know, to you as as a cricket fan, and sort of the outpouring of emotion that we've seen over the, the over the weekend.
2: Yeah, thanks, Dan. You touched on some um, really important points there. I mean, his his career, in every sense of the word, didn't end. You know, when he stopped bowling and batting on the pitch, his his love of the game was just infectious. And his personality was like nobody else's, dare I say it, that's really ever played the modern game. Like he loved coaching. He loved commentating. He absolutely adored playing um, that shine through. I was lucky enough to to see him in person in that series you mentioned in the 2005 Ashes. We, we, we were there, me and my dad. Tim were there for the, the day of... Um, Flintoff's incredible that wondrous over where he tore Ponting apart, and even then you just knew, like you know, it was it was an iconic Australian team, and for that, yeah. And with that said, you know, an iconic English team, but even within all those fantastic names, you just knew Shane Warne was the one that pretty much everyone was there to see and was the most excited to see. He just, just the way, just the way he carried himself on and off the pitch. You know, his his quality goes without saying. I mean, you know, seven hundred and eight. Um, Test wickets second most of all time in just 145 tests. I mean, we could, you know, wax lyrical about stats all day. He was that good. He also did it across every format. You know, he he was uh, a really, you know, um, big voice supporting the early days of T20, as you said, you know, winning the uh, inaugural IPL with Registan Worlds and really just as a few people have written and, you know, following following his passing just his almost basically his enthusiasm his passion for that format and his passion for India really was one of the reasons that did carry what was not the best Rajasthan Royals team ever to that to that final um you know it, it, it's hard to put it into words and you know I, I I don't bowl too much these days but I bowled leg spin growing up and I can tell you <laughs> can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that, that Warney was the inspiration there just just everything from from the personality but just the variations you know his googly his flipper he was making up deliveries he was just doing whatever whatever he wanted and he always did it with a smile right he always did it with a smile and it just breaks my heart to read so many tributes not just from you know people who played with him on the field but from you know commentators and uh, analysts who met him off the field and they're just these quiet moments where you know he's just he's just talking leg spin with you know like a nine-year-old girl eight-year-old boy is just he'd always put in that extra that extra yard just because he cared and the fact that he's so young—it's just, it, you know, it would have been tragic, and we'd be having this conversation anyway if he was older. But this conversation should be happening thirty years down the line. Yeah. He shouldn't be passing this young.
1: Yeah, that—that's where the shocks come. And I think we all knew he had so much left to give to to cricket um, as a coach, as a commentator. Obviously, coached the the London Spirit. Um, you know, there was chat. He, was, he did a great interview with with Shane Warne and uh, with Nasser Hussain and, and Rob Key. And they asked him about the England coach. He said, oh, I'll give it a go. I'll, I'll give it a good job. Um, and I actually watched the Shane Warne documentary on Amazon re- very recently, maybe six weeks ago. It just came out and sort of, it, it's his kids. that It seems like uh, I, I feel for obviously a lot. I uh, didn't see him a lot. Obviously he was playing, he retired and obviously saw a lot more of him. Uh, Zach, same for you. Um, I think everyone's tried to do the Shane Warne action. Everyone who's played cricket. Um, has tried that. Uh, he was so influential in that regard. And he was almost the most famous cricketer in England, despite him being Australian, if you know what I mean. That's how much he transcended the sport, right?
0: Yeah, ab- absolutely. He, he just was the most, it, yeah, you speak to anyone in world cricket, he was the most famous person in world cricket, you know, because of how much of a you know, just a character and a showman and how it wasn't just it wasn't just that obviously he was amazing at what he did but there was so much more to it There was the way that he kind of I mean the way he set people up and it was And know I, I think it illustrates quite well in the the one of the moments that I really enjoyed because you know like you guys only caught really caught the like latter end of his career the BB then the BBL when he was like mic'd up and he was this was when he was like yeah. really old, and he sets yeah. up McCullum. He says, "Oh yeah, I think he's gonna try and sweep me, so I'm gonna just flip a, put a flipper through quickly." And he just does it, and it works yeah. perfectly. And obviously, it's not like he's. It was I'm gonna do this to some some nobody who who's playing for who's playing in the big bash. It's Brendan McCullum, you know, another legend of the game. For me, the thing that interests me is you say about transcending sport. I think for our generation, he he kind of just was Australia and and was Australian an Australian person if you'd have asked anyone you know end of it towards the end of his career you know I was probably 10 or 11 when he retired from test cricket and it's like if you'd have asked me to describe an Australian I'd I'd have described okay. Shane Wharton. and I, and I think that would have been the same for lots of people who even weren't cricket fans because you know the hair the confidence the the being just annoyingly really good yeah what a guy and he'll be sorely missed
1: so many moments his career as well. You've obviously got the Gatting ball the Strauss ball as well Like you said Zach the, the McCollum moment uh, Winning the inaugural IPL captaining that team uh, He really did have everything and I, I'm just gonna miss him in the, in the commentary box I think he had such great banter with the, the sky guys that we see most of the time And he was such a competitor on the field, but he seemed like such a nice bloke off it No one's got a bad word to say about him really um, and that's why it's such a shock that, that we've lost him. We've lost him so early. Um, some of the best tributes I've seen uh, Rob Key in the standard um, w- was a really good piece. Uh, Barney Roney and the guardian as well. And I don't know if any of you saw Ricky Ponting talking to Aussie TV with it. Um, that was quite poignant as well. Um, so yeah, a really sad, uh, sad week for cricket. Um, the family have accepted a state funeral. Uh, and I'm not quite sure when that's taking place, but that kind of comes to your point, Zach, that he was Australia. Um, wasn't he and and to to English people and clearly to to Aussies as well so uh, he'll be very very sadly missed and our thoughts go out obviously to his family and his close friends Um, but you know let's celebrate his life as well because I think he he led led an excellent one. Um, That will about do for part one Uh, in part two we'll talk stuff on the field and we'll go around the grounds. Okay, welcome back to part two. Um, We're going to talk stuff on the field now um, and go around the grounds. Lots of test cricket going on and we're going to chat about the Women's World Cup as well, update you on what's going on down in New Zealand. Um, We will start with a test match that has finished. It finished very, very quickly and that was India versus Sri Lanka. Uh, India winning by an innings and 222 runs. Um, Cast me back to about this time last year when England were out there having a bit of a moment as well. Uh, Poor Sri Lanka. Uh, only one man to talk about really from the India team is Ravi Jadeja, 175 not out and nine wickets. Not a bad uh, couple of days out. Uh, Ravi Ashish was in the wickets as well, and he's now the second highest wicket taker for India. Uh, we'll talk about some other moments as well. Um, I didn't watch much this, boys. Anyone catch any of it? I mean, it happened so quickly that I sort of missed it. Um, but hard not to talk about Ravi Jadeja doing everything for India. It kind of highlights his importance, isn't it, Zach? I thought I. I thought he was in the twilight of his career maybe six years ago. And now we hear he is still, still going. Um, I don't know why I thought that, by the way, but I did. I, he's been around for a while. Uh, but this guy's pretty important, isn't he?
0: Yeah, he's such a legend. And I feel like he's, he's kind of, because he's been injured a fair amount in the last year, it, we've kind of forgotten about how good he is as a Test cricketer. Uh, he He should be in this side for his batting alone. You know, I think his batting's really taken a step up. You know, over that you know in the last couple of years, and yeah, nine wickets as well. You can't really complain about that. He he adds so much balance to any side. There's lots of people debating on Twitter whether oh, he, saying he's better than Ben Stokes or he's not, and it's like I, I don't care. Can't we just can't we just enjoy the both of them? Do we need to argue about these things? I, I look at you look at the scorecard, and it's a shame. If you just said to if you just said to Sri Lanka, out of the out of, you know, in that first innings, only two right handers are going to go past 50 and neither of them are going to make centuries. You'd be like, Oh, yeah, that's okay. And then you'd be like, Uh oh, wait a second, what are those two <laughs> 2 left hand guns going to do to us? And yeah, pant ball, great fun. Of course, he was going at run a runner ball and then got bowled. But what do we expect? It's great. And I can't believe that this lad ever had doubters.
1: In I know, sorry to I date know. You, but yeah. Do you remember when Pant had doubters as well? That was a bit of a weird time because Shranka had a little, I call it slim in. They were what Adam, like two hundred twenty for four, maybe something like that. Yeah. And, and then, you know, you're like, that's okay. If you go bang, bang, you're into the tail, et cetera. And then obviously Pant ball occurred. Um, I, again, Will Will's not here this week, but he tweeted how, you know, obviously it was quite sad that Pant got out for 96. You'd love to see him get a ton, but you just don't mind. I, I don't, Pant could get out in any way possible being stupid or getting done by a Jaffa and you just go that's fine that's the way he plays that's how he got to 96 so quickly
0: I you know stats don't back this up but for me he makes he's just better at batting in test cricket than anyone else is in the world I, you know he may not look classical and he does stupid things but he only ever gets out doing stupid things like people don't really get him out by yeah, bowling. right. There really you go. That's not. That's a
1: great way to look at it, actually. Yeah, he gets out because he's just tried to hit it, you know, out of the state they're playing in, and then just hoots across the line. He doesn't get out because you know he's nibbled at one or something. That's so true. No, you can just bowl whatever you want at him, really, and just got to hope he misses one, maybe.
0: Yeah, or, or he he often will just just obviously just try and hit a wide one out, you know, out of the state, and he yeah. he might nick it. Yeah, he might yeah. nick it. You might miss hit it, but you know I didn't watch that much of this things but last year when he was playing against leech it was a uh, oh I' just really hope he miss hits one that mm. was that was that was all you were hoping for because you weren't going to get him any other way.
2: Yeah, um, great to see him as always. Live by the sword, die by the sword. One thing that also struck me is just the run rate of the of the, they only needed one innings of the first innings for India. The run rate was nearly four point five um, mm. across one hundred twenty nine overs. So they basically played it like an extended ODI, um, which is just brutal for Sri Lanka. And as you said, an in innings and twenty two runs, uh, two hundred twenty two runs. I mean, that's almost like another innings. You know, they don't think Sri Lanka <laughs> if they batted another time, they would they wouldn't have got two hundred twenty two. It's just so brutally lopsided this game and i mean you, you know why because you look down this you look down this batting lineup and pretty much everyone's contributing you made a really excellent point there zach and astute observation regarding you know the left hand right hand difference but even with that in mind pretty much everybody um except i think yadav got past i mean the mid 20s i mean Jeez. this is an innings where everybody turned up and i mean even the way sharma approached it with a um bro it um with a 29 above a run of all 29 okay yeah sure purists have some fair criticism to say that's not usually the way you play test cricket. But if you can back it up with runs lower yeah, down you the can order, do it. <laughs> yeah. if you can do it, then absolutely, why not do it? Because from the first ten overs, already the Sri Lankan bowlers on the back foot, right? That you're just setting, you're setting the tone for the innings. And then although, yeah, the top four, only one person got past fifty-eight, and I think Coley will be disappointed not to push his 45 into a 50. I think everybody really chipped in and just piled on the pressure. And what that allowed was for Pant to come in with a few runs on the board and just hit it around. To Jaja to come in, you know, he's batting number seven. I and mean, this is it's just ridiculous. I mean, even with this contest in mind he has no right to bag 175 not out there he has absolutely no right in the world to do that and ashwin who who we will talk about both their bowling in just a second but with the bat how handy can you get he or he just contributes and he got 61 he just he is not who you want to see coming in at number eight because that man can bat as well so the depth in batting that this india team have right now is terrifying and i'm glad it's not us out there i'm glad it's not us
1: well, we faced it didn't we, this time last year, Glenn, so we're yep. like, you know, we're last in the line to get that again in India, luckily, in like, I don't know, four years' time. Um, interesting point, An in innings and 222, I feel like they need to come up with a new way to phrase that to make the loss sound harder. <laughs> it needs to be an in innings and innings Rizzle. and, you know, 22. <laughs> Let's say 200 runs counts as innings, I think they need to come up with any one of them. <laughs> uh new number three for India Hanuman Fahari obviously we've seen him before but batting at three for the first time not sure how that's going to play out if that's a long-term thing or not again we'll ask Will next week perhaps as as to what's going on there um we talk about spin doing well for India here Ashwin picked up a lot of wickets uh Jadeja got his nine where is my nemesis where is Aksar Patel can someone tell me is he just out of favor now is he is he no good
2: He's back in the squad for the next game. He he may oh, be excellent. making a return for you. Um, Pretty much breaking news, I think, just before we were about to come on the pod. Oh, I think excellent. he had an issue. It was COVID and a shin injury, is what I briefly read, just as we were about to start recording. So he I think he'll be making a return. You can only assume for the beleaguered Yadav, who managed to get zero wickets in the game. Oh, so I imagine that'll be a pretty straight swap. If
1: they come in with a 3 prong spin attack of Axar, uh, Ashwin, and... Jadeja,
2: that it's, game we It's not fair. It's okay. the test cheat code, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really is.
1: And uh, I just want to see him like torment another nation after that. You have you know how much I talk about. It. I just need. You're still recovering. You need Genuinely, your, your I think your weekly talk. <laughs> it, it would be part of my recovery if ten Sri Lankan batters just missed <laughs> t- ten straight ones, and that maybe I could get over this <laughs> He didn't turn um, it.
2: He just pulled it straight.
1: <laughs> uh, so one nil to India, a drubbing. Expect the same in the next. I think this is just a two-test series. I think for everyone's sake, let's hope it is.
2: Uh, yeah, you, you know you know I was saying uh, about, you know, criticizing two-test series uh, last week, you know, talking about yeah. the South Africa one. I am begging for this to be two-tests. <laughs> this should just be a one-test. If you win, it, we should we should also have a, a, a rain stop play alteration to the game. We could submit this um, to the ICC. If you win by, if you lose by more than two innings, so in this case, the three innings losses yeah, we've just yeah. devised, that's it. Cool off the rest of the series. Go home. Or Agreed. fly back I like home. that. I <laughs> like that, yeah. Yeah,
1: if you if yeah, if you lose a test match by a certain margin, it's done. Cancel. It's just done. You have, I mean, to, like, have to keep ashes winning.
2: Be, yeah. The actions <laughs> will be so quick.
1: <laughs> uh excellent. Don't know where that te- second test starts. Don't think I'll be watching much of it. Sorry, India fans. Um, you know, enjoy it. Enjoy the winning. Uh let's move on to uh what we thought was gonna be a more interesting game, but but hasn't turned out for for reasons nobody could control, which is the pitch, uh, which is Pakistan versus Australia. Highly anticipated tour. Um, Australia not playing there for the best part of 25 years. Um, all of this stuff building up to it. And it's been a snooze fest. Um, 11 wickets fell in four days before that, before a big flurry at the end of uh, day four. Uh, there's been a combined batting average of 84. But for every player for, across both innings, which is the thirteenth highest in Test history, I think of all the Test matches that have been played, we've got this. Uh, so yeah, it's a pretty dead pitch uh, at the Pindi Stadium that's that's given us a, a snooze fest, as I said. Don't know what we can talk about from it, but what well, we can talk about plenty, of course. What have we learned, though, Zach? N- nothing, kind of. I think I think you were quite shocked that Imam Al was playing again. Uh, I remember you putting in the group chat the day you got his turn, You're like, "Oh, this guy's around again." And I think I was. I think I was the same.
0: Yeah, well, I, that was. I've watched a bit of this. A bit of this test match. A bit more than the India Sri Lanka one. I, did, I haven't watched too much of it, but I I watched him get his hundred. I turned on when he was on about 96, and that was nice to see. But he was on 99 for a long time, and it was it was quite funny because it was he really really wanted it. it. Was I think twice he he chased at balls. Mitchell Stock just it was just so wide it was just like bowling like good length balls but like two feet outside off stump and he was chasing at them and then afterwards he'd just be like head in his hands like <laughs> what am i doing but yeah i said in our chat i don't think he's played for pakistan since the 2019 world cup he definitely has but in my mind yeah. in the bits of pakistan cricket i've seen he hasn't and he because gets lots of, he that. gets because uh, yeah. i remember him vividly
1: at the world cup don't know why i think it's because i watched a like, watch that world cup but since then have i seen him in a pakistan shirt no not to my knowledge.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think he was also, you know, not that good in that World Cup. And there was lots of chat. There's always been lots of chat about him being, he- he's, he's Inzman's nephew. So there's always lots of chat about him. Oh, he only gets in the team because, you know, who his uncle is. Yeah, but
1: a bit of nepotism. Um,
0: anybody. Always, always. Yeah, but, you know, 157, very good. Azar Ali as well. I was just love watching Azar Ali back. Yes. Although it kind of annoys me because of his days at somerset where he's been good for somerset but he's never this good but i mean the pitches in england in county games aren't aren't this nice so. they're not
1: they're not the pindy stadium i'll tell you that much for free especially around march april time um pakistan plotted, uh, just for just to sort of give listeners an idea of what's going on i didn't say at the top of this that uh, pakistan were 476 for four declared uh, and australia in in uh, reply of 449 for 7 uh, still batting at stumps at the end of day four, 27 runs behind. As you're listening to this, the game will be playing out and will be a draw. Um, anyway, uh, Pakistan plodded along a little bit in that first innings, I thought. You know, they, they might have, they could have grabbed a bit more, realising it was a flat pitch, just try and get 450 and see what happens. You know, Imam was going at 43, Azar 51, which isn't bad for a, a knock of that long. But it just sort of killed the game dead. Um, we'll talk about Australia's reply. Uh, Like I said, 449 for seven. No centurions in that. Um, So I'm sure there's a fun stat to be found in there somewhere uh, for those who are interested. Uh, Usman Khawaja, who was uh, born and raised not far from the ground. Uh, He's been doing a few of the press conferences in in Urdu, which is quite cool. Uh, A lot of goodwill toward him for the Pakistan fans by the look of it. Uh, Made 97. This is a really impressive return, isn't it, for Khawaja? And he only got into the team for Travis Head's COVID um, case in the fourth test maybe in Sydney um, so you missed out on the 100 but in the five test innings since he returned he's got 352 runs averaging 88 uh, you've got that twin, twin century back at five and now opening with Warner this looks to me like a really solid opening partnership for Australia now both senior players uh, both know each other very well uh, from their Sydney days both are very relaxed batting with each other they were going at sort of four and a half for most of the start of the innings before uh, Warner got out and this could be even better for Australia like this is sort of the place they were trying to find somebody and Khawaja sort of fell into that place
2: yeah it's good observation Dan so I watched one session of this so far and it was a, a wicketless session for Pakistan with those two with those two batting with those two uh, opening up and it was just gorgeous cricket I mean as, as you touched on there, they complement each other really well um Warner was just having fun. I mean, I don't think I've seen any batter in, in in recent months just like cracking jokes with players, just messing around. I know what's really nice is obviously a lot of these players have played together in limited formats for various franchise teams. So there's, you know, international cricket these days has a real lot of on-the-pitch on, on the pitch connections that maybe you didn't have a, a decade a decade or two before. But he was just enjoying his cricket, and it was great to see. And same for Kawaja. I mean, you've pulled up the stats there, uh, which are really appropriate. I mean, he is just... Yeah, shown that maybe well, clearly it, w- it was wrong to, you know, drop him in previous years. And he's just underlying the, underlining the quality he has. He's a very classy batsman. Um, he looks very assured at the crease. They both do. And yeah, as you mentioned, Dan, they have a real synergy batting together. And that you could see that, you know, it, it, started, it starts really late for me. It starts for 11 p.m. is the first session. So, again, I, I'm kind of limited with how much I can watch. But I really enjoyed it. I was disappointed, and we can mention it in a second, you know, just how you know, hopeless this pitch was for, you know, an actual contest um, between bat and ball as opposed opposed to bat, 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 bat. But it was still fun to watch them, to watch them, you know, demolish the Pakistan balls together. I mean, fair play to Pakistan for pulling it back a little bit towards the end of yesterday, because they could have pretty much just been like, well, you know, we had an open run with the bat. It's clearly going nowhere. We'll just, we'll just go through the motions. But no, I mean, Newman Ali's picked up, um, picked up four of the wickets, which is extraordinary. And he's, He's one of the one of the older members of the team. We we talked a little bit about him when he made his um, test debut. He, he's one of the oldest people in recent years to get a five foot on test debut at the age of I think it was thirty four at the time. He's thirty five now. He looks about ten years older than that. He looks about he looks about fifty when he's when he's trotting <laughs> in. Um, but I I really like him. He's got he's just. He's very meticulous. He 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 really he doesn't get phased because when I was watching Warner was he got taken off. He got dropped in for four overs and Warner hit him out of the attack. And I was well, I was like, well, that's a shame because that's obviously going to influence how the rest of the game goes for him. Not at all. You know, he stuck to his line of length. And I think he's been really impressive. And for anyone, Dan, to get a fourfer on this absolute highway, this this motorway of a pitch, fair play. Good, good for him. So that's a standout as well.
1: Yeah, good. Good to pick up on that. Good actually, because it is hard to find performances in this. And and just looking at the the shifts the bowlers have gone through. Uh, Ali there with thirty seven. Sajid Khan, whose action I quite like, very busy off break uh, with the quick forty five overs. Nathan Lyon bowled fifty two. And the one bit of joy I do get from games like this is watching people who don't normally bowl bowl. You know, you, you, you look at the you look at the bowling scorecard and like eight eight or nine have had a go. You're like, okay, this has been fun. See Babar Azam's bowling over. Didn't watch it. What does he bowl? In my head, I've got a bit of medium. Just keep her up to the
0: stumps, a bit of medium. Am I wrong? Off-breaks. Oh, I was going to say, it was. I watched it. I can't even remember because there's so many people bowling. ESPN says off-breaks.
2: Off I break, haven't seen it. About, what <laughs> yeah. about
1: Imam? Imam bowled two overs for nine. Is is he a leg bit break. of leg break? Leg oh, he's break. leg break. He, and Iftikar. If Iftikar Ahmed bowled three overs for 20.
0: He's an all-rounder, If Iftekhar oh. is a batting all-rounder. Okay. He's not a part-timer. But then also the thing is, so Azar Ali <laughs> has bowled. Azhar Ali bowled quite a lot more in in Test cricket than well than well, than Babra and Iman because it was both the first time they won. I think was bowled a couple overs before, but like he's he's taken Test wickets, but he didn't bowl. I don't think. They're
2: saving Maybe, him. Yeah, yeah.
0: Saving yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> but so Azar Ali. <laughs> Azarelli has a fife has a List day Fifer. Wow. He took, took five in a in a Royal London One Day Cup game for Somerset in 2019. It was like the quarterfinal. He took a Fifer against the what is he bowl?
1: Is he a spinner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a spinner. Oh my god. He Maybe he's just perfect... he's quite old now, isn't he? Maybe he's like, you know what, lads, my shoulder can't handle that. I'm <laughs> well, sorry.
0: Well, so the thing with him is he's like Steve Smith started as a leg spinner who batted a bit, and then obviously just got a lot better oh, in the battle. Oh, there you go. I
1: remember the days Great when Steve Smith that. was that. Good stuff. Well, I didn't know that. Well, listen, we've managed to pull something interesting to talk about from I that test match, that. and that's our service to the cricketing world.
0: Sorry, can we just talk about uh, Kawaja's dismissal and how funny it was? Because he was on 97. <laughs> so I Basically, I've watched... Before today, I watched a couple bits of this test match. I watched Iman get a century, and then I tuned in when when Uzi was on, you know, 94 or something, and he tried to reverse sweep. Again, was getting a bit frustrated. Tried to reverse sweep and just gloved it straight. <sighs> like, well, just I think it, I can't remember who caught it in the end. I think it was a wicked keeper. But yeah, it was so bad. It was so sad.
2: <laughs>
1: Bless him. But, well, I was going to say he'll get a go second time around, but there isn't going to be a second time around um, for anybody potentially. Who knows, Mitchell Stark and Pat Cummins might still be batting now, for all I know.
2: Uh, How early? All right, just a a quick question for us before we do move on to get some life out of this. How early do you shake hands tomorrow, Dan? What time? I'd do it. Gosh. I'd do it on on the stroke of lunch. I'd I'd get everyone's hands (laughs) shaken.
1: Well, you're going to want to bowl Australia out. And it wouldn't put me past it if Australia got their 27 runs they need and just declared so everything was level again. Pakistan, go out and get a quick 150. There you go. Go have a go well, if, you're, if you're know. a
2: batter, you want a stat pad on this pitch.
1: If you're one of the Pakistan openers, if you're a man now, you've already got uh, 157. You get a big red inker on day five. See you later. How's my, how's my batting average? We'll see. So many options. Oh, it's a shame. Listen, we've got two more test matches to come. Let's hope the pitch is liven up. I think this is hopefully a wake-up tool to the PCB, whoever organises these pitches just to give us something and it's a bit of spin. Uh, you know, maybe the weather's not been great. I don't I don't know.
0: So the weather wasn't good, I think two days out from the test match. there was right. It was kind of all covered. And then it was something like three days out from the test match, it was ready to play on. And then they covered it up because they didn't want it to get baked too much. So it would break down and obviously it just hasn't broken down at all. But hopefully the other two places where they're playing... Karachi's the next test. I know that I'm not sure on the final want presume the whole, but not sure. Um, they are better for just general tests. just
1: cricket, a result. I, I just want to see a result. Yeah, a I'm result. Not yeah, a exactly test anymore.
2: Can you imagine if, the pitch, well. if this pitch we're on right now absolutely breaks up on the fifth day <laughs> and everyone goes out, absolutely like everyone like, waltzes out and isn't even looking, and <laughs> everyone gets cleaned up. Like Lion gets a ten for. <laughs> well that, that listen,
1: if that happened, that'd be great because you've got two teams basically level and then they both get <laughs> bowled out for 70 and then oh what
0: a game. At one point, uh, so uh, when I woke up today, I thought it was day three today. So I was thinking, oh, you know, why is everyone complaining about this? You know, okay, there's not been that many wickets, but it's day three. It could easily break down and then we have a couple of good days. It took me quite a long while to realize it's day four. It's not going to happen, is it?
1: (laughs) I mean, those listening now will be midway, if not to the end of day five. So you know it, you know already. This is just us hoping praying for the pitches to break in half or something Uh, we shall see right final bit of around the grounds uh, and then we'll end part two and in part three we'll be doing the West Indies versus England preview Uh, Zach I'm going to let you lead on this it's the Women's World Cup which has started Um, one thing I want to start with and again we spoke about Shane Warren at the top but the day after his death March the 5th uh, England played Australia Uh, Alana King excellent leg spinner gets on to absolutely rip from off leg, well pitched on leg, missed off, got a stumping, uh, a leg spinner from Victoria. It was it was it was quite a moment that. Um anyway, talk more about the World Cup. Uh England sadly losing to favourites Australia has probably been the biggest headline for for
0: those uh, England fans. Yeah, I mean it really it was a headline but also I was kinda like following our preview and if you haven't listened to the preview yet, still go ahead and listen to it. But in the preview, we said, will anyone get close to Australia? England's first game after the Ashes. We don't expect England to get anywhere close. And England had a chance. You know, it was a really... Until, you know, it was 10 overs to go, England needed about 80. Australia were favourites, yes. But England were in the game. And Nat Siver, you know, got a century, was brilliant, and just kind of didn't really have the people to, to bat with her, you know? And... Catherine Brown came in, hit a couple of fours, and it was like, oh, you know, if 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 Catherine Brown can come in, hit a couple of quick boundaries, and kind of just get the run rate down to sevens, rather than it what actually happened is it just climbed, and they ended up needing sixteen off the last over, which was a real shame. But yeah, I'm I'm impressed with England overall because of that performance. It was a big score.
2: So, is well, that like is.
0: That, was, that was
1: quite a good loss then, if you know what I mean? Because, like you said, the last two ODIs in the Ashes were a bit of a whimper from England. And, uh, and in your preview, you, you Ellie, and Will were, were rightly worried about what sort of vibe that might bring into this. So, a good bit of fight against the best team, a close game, that, that should actually spur them on, right?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it bodes well for the rest of the games. They play West Indies next, who I'll come on to talk about now. They. Shocks New Zealand. I think in our preview, we said New Ze- West Indies could shock a team, but we don't expect them to consistently perform, and that they would need one of their big three to go big. And uh, Hayley Matthews did that, getting a century of just 119 of 128 balls in the end. And yeah, New Zealand fell short. This went down to the last over. West Indies won by three runs. It was an unbelievable game. I only really caught the kind of right end of it, because the way the timing of these games means if they're, they're either 10 PM or they're 1 AM. So if they're 1 AM or I was, I was in Europe this weekend. So it was two, it was 2 AM start for me. So I caught a bit of it in the morning, which means you get the last hour, which to be honest, the ODI cricket is perfect. Pretty much. It's perfect. So yeah. And there was three wickets in the final over to win it for West Indies. And, just brilliant. Sophie Devine got a century as well, who Ellie, our guest, backed as top run scorer for the tournament. So that's... Good
1: start for that then. Very good start a for that. shout. Yeah, I know. It's it funny that we, come with. when we get guests on, they have much better predictions than any of us four do. I haven't done this podcast for like 18 months now. But that, you know, that's true to form for us.
2: I love the idea of Zach being on holiday in, you know, France or wherever you were, wherever you were, and you're just like, and you're you just like pull out your little screen at like two a.m. and you're part, your, <laughs> your partner, you're like, sorry, I've got I've got to stop the game.
0: <laughs> well, so actually, it was I was I was in Copenhagen, and it was more that I would wake up in the morning at about nine a.m. and that wow. would be, you know, last hour whilst you're waking up
1: and stuff. The, the, yeah. the Danes, the Danes famously love that cricket as well, so I'm sure you, are everyone's biggest fan.
0: Exactly, exactly. One other thing that happened that's happened is Bangladesh, who in the preview pod we kind of openly admitted we don't know much about. They don't play much women's cricket, basically, and they 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 have they have now played two games. But in their first game, they ran South Africa pretty close, and it was you know they got within thirty runs of beating South Africa, who are one of the favourites for this tournament. Mm. So brilliant stuff from them. They did then get battered by. Uh, by by New Zealand which is a shame but no team and, and that was a rain affected game as well I don't think any team every team that gets to the semi-finals has to beat Pakistan and Bangladesh Bangladesh I don't expect to be anyone but I already the fact that they've ran South Africa close it's those basically those first two games may me really excited for the rest of the World Cup because Everything's close. Everything's on the table, it almost seems now, because all of these teams can beat everyone. And also, even Australia were ran close by someone.
2: Well, yeah, I think, uh, A, I just felt bad that Bangladesh um, had to play a really angry New Zealand and just look at the, <laughs> the difference in scorecards, right? Because New Zealand, uh, you know, got bowled out for 256 against um, against the West Indies, who had that superb win that Zach had. And they only lost one wicket. They, they got 144 for just the one wicket um in the game against Bangladesh. So I did feel for them, but I think you're really right. It's, it's a good observation, Zach, that, you know, Bangladesh might be, hopefully, will be surprising people with, with that first performance. And absolutely, they're not expecting to beat New Zealand what I would also say just you know big picture stuff it's been a cracking start to the tournament I know you just really alluded to that Zach but wow it hasn't been nearly as, you know, some games being as lopsided as we were potentially expecting, and maybe the New Zealand game was against Bangladesh was that. But, wow, I mean, they've been close finishes. We've had some final over finishes, which is a rarity in any ODI. Um, it's been a thrilling tournament, and, uh, yeah, I'm glad. I You know, I, I love the, the preview um, that, that, that you did, and I think that, yeah, it's it's lived up to its billing so far. It's been good. It's been high-quality cricket, which we all expected, and I'm really enjoying, and it's difficult with the time, but I'm enjoying watching as much as I can get.
0: Yeah, we did. We The one game we haven't mentioned that's happened so far wasn't as competitive. It was uh, India uh, battering uh, a poor Pakistan side. Well, they, they did have them. At one point, it was 114 for six, India were. And I was getting so excited at this point because it was like, oh, here we go. Everyone can beat everyone in this tournament. Doesn't matter if you're any good or not. And then uh, India did come back and made 240, which proved too much
2: absolutely even that game there was there wasn't even a glimmer the door was wide open for pakistan their spinners did absolute damage to the top order and it was a real shame i think it was six and seven for india put on a really monster monster partnership and just carried them to this total and as soon as they were in like you know the 40s 50s 60s lower down the order i, I, was, I was just following it and thinking i don't think pakistan are gonna chase this but had they capitalized on what was a real collapse from india in the middle order they, they it was game on so it was a shame but again considering the expectation with golf, potentially the golfing quality between the two, game on right throughout that first innings. Um, so again, you, you touched on it really nicely there, Zach. Everything to play for in most of the games so far.
0: Yeah, I think I think it chimes in well with lots of the... Um what we said in the pod, in the preview podcast about the kind of high variance teams West Indies and India on their day will beat anyone but also they could lose to anyone
1: but that makes Absolutely. for such a that's making for such a great tournament though isn't it it really is and um, it's fascinating that you say it, and you've seen that all these games have had something in them bar the odd trouncing so yeah for, for those football or soccer fans who watch the English Championship greatest league in the world greatest soccer league in the world uh, anyone could beat anyone so you know this Women's World Cup's the championship of ICC events I don't know where I'm going with that. Probably a good time to wrap up part two. Uh, In part three, we'll be looking at uh, the West Indies versus England, and we'll have Zach's quick question. Hello, welcome back to part three, final part of this week's podcast, where we're going to be previewing the West Indies versus England, their test series coming up. Starts today, 2 o'clock UK time. And we'll have your question at the end as well, Zach. Of course. Um, right, so at the, at the end of last week's pod, we had a bit of breaking news with regards to the the, the England 12 that had been announced uh, for a President's game. Uh, that President's game was a success for England, you'd argue, on, on the batting front. Uh, Dan Lawrence getting some runs. Johnny Bairstow getting some runs. Crawley leads with 50. So that was all good. And then the bowling attack fell apart. What was already a pretty drab bowling attack got drabber. Um, and things look a bit worrying. So we've got a three-test series. Um, the first one starts, as I said, today, 2 o'clock. Uh, England have only won once in the Caribbean since 1967. Um, now, West Indies have had their up and downs in the past 10 to 15, 20 years, uh, but they always seem to turn it on when England comes to town, yet we always seem to treat it like, like some sort of like fun tour where we can try a few things. So I fully expected to lose this. Uh, we've got history in, in first tests in, in, in tours of the Caribbean. Uh, bowled out for 51 in 2009 at the start of Andrew Strauss's tenure as captain. And bowled out for 77 in 2019 in the first test. And then Roston Chase at some point decided he'd take an eighth for, with some gentle off break. So England aren't great in the Caribbean. Uh, the West Indies will really be turning it on in their home conditions, especially against England. And we've got an England team coming out of a, an ashes repair job where we've curled... The three heads of, of you know, the hierarchy of the coach. See, uh, I can't remember what titles. Graham Thorpe's gone. Silver's gone. We've been off our two best bowlers of all time. And we're coming into this expecting to do something. I don't quite know what. If we win a test match, I think that'd be a great achievement. Look forward to hearing what you boys think about that. But yeah, worrying times. Um Glenn, ahead of this tour, what, what are you thinking? Like, what's good for England here? Like, like I said, I don't like the way we treat these tours. This should have been a full-strength team and it, it's not, because of what happened with Warren Anderson. What's a good tour here? Do we find some out about players? Do we win a test match? Like what 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 is, should England fans be expecting?
2: Yeah, it's interesting you say that, Dan. There's almost this very subtle, kind of strange neo-colonial feeling sometimes <laughs> when England um try and tour. Uh, Try and do well in West Indies, which they repeatedly fail to do. There is a real underlying sense of arrogance sometimes, I think, when um, when England go over there in this five-day format of the game, especially. I adored the T20 series that just finished a couple of weeks ago. That was genuinely one of the international T20 series I've most enjoyed in recent years. It was so much fun. Uh, everything that's brilliant about cricket in the Caribbean on full display. And it'll be so interesting to see how that kind of enthusiasm and energy from both sides. Um, I mean, it was a fantastic win at the end for West Indies. Translates into obviously this this longer, um, slower format of the game. Um, yeah, I, I, you know what? I. You know, Zach just touched on. Um, The variants, um, which I think was a really nice uh, kind of way of looking at some of these teams in the the Women's World Cup, and I think yeah, the the same word almost strikes me with this I I have absolutely no idea what's going to happen with this series, like you know i think a lot of us are slightly puzzled um i loved reading uh Kima roach getting stuck in and stirring the plot uh pot today in a espn saying you know i don't know why broad and anderson were dropped that makes it easier for us as west indian players we're it, delighted it, they're not coming it I is such
1: that. it's such it, easy fodder for west indian pundits and, and the players on the pitch with the bit of legend that i'm sure will go on over the next three test matches if it all goes go wrong for england They've got so much content to go off. It is a bit of an omni-shambles, isn't it? We love to talk about 4D chess. And if it goes wrong, that 4D chess collapses quite amusing fashion.
2: Yeah, it does. And, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to... We, we, we're going to come into a conversation so I don't want to completely rehash the whole, the whole Paul Anderson thing because we did talk about that in depth last episode. But, you know, looking at this team that is potentially going to be our bowling attack, you know, basically Wokes, Overturn, leech Slash Mahmood, we can get onto that in a second, and Wood if he is fit. I mean... Wokes and Overton with the new ball. I mean, just just give it Jimmy and Brody. I mean, I, I mean, I, it just beggars belief. And of course, the West Indian players and, as you said, pundits are going to hop on this and just be like, "Well, it's clearly disarray in the touring camp." We have, I, if I was one of the West Indian players, absolutely, I'd yeah. throw in a few jabs, chisel away, because all we need. All we need is one, maybe not even wicketless session, but one session with only one wicket, with the opener bowler, with 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 um, the opener bowlers just being a little bit off radar. And I mean, that is it. You know, I, I think heads will go down really quickly. And yeah. It, it's, in, it's experimental in the sense that, yeah, we obviously needed a new opener. I appreciate that we're trying to maybe move around people in the order. I, I'm excited to see how Dan Lawrence does. But with the bowling attack, especially, it is just so underwhelming. I'm not excited to see us bowl. I, it just It's, it's just really um, just lacking imagination. And that's that we just seem to be chasing our chasing our tail with with sorting out a, a good English test attack.
1: With, with no disrespect to Overton and Wokes, who are good bowlers on their day, it does seem just strange to come out of this Ashes debacle and give those two the new ball. Yeah. And I, it, they are underwhelming, and I don't think that's offensive to say that. as an underwhelming new ball partnership that we're suddenly thinking, right, is this, is this the future? Is this our broad, post-broad Anderson world? That can't be a good thing. Um, Zach, what do you think of this bowling attack? Because for me, actually, one to seven, and it's going to look like this, we, we're fairly certain, and we are certain, is Crawley, Lees, Root, Lawrence, Stokes at five, Bairstow six, Folks with the gloves at seven. I don't mind that at all. I think that's actually quite I exciting. Agree. And yeah. if that if that comes off, why can't that be quite nice and solid? But that bowling attack. So we go Wokes, Overton, Leach, Mahmood and Wood. Yeah. I've got. I can't. I can't even come with the, with, the, with the question there, Zach. What, what do you think of it? It's probably a good one.
0: <laughs> I mean. The... <sighs> if you thought about all the problems with England's test team in the last couple of years, I don't think Craig Overton would be the answer to many of them. Mm. You know, he's been brilliant for Somerset for years now, but every time he steps up to the test level, he just looks underwhelming. Like you said, like you said, Glenn, he looks so underwhelming. He's had what sort of,
1: let's say five, six test matches, no, but maybe eight test matches. And at no point has he ever like, you know, it's a hand. That's a handful of tests. It's a decent sample size now. I know he never comes in in the great. He always gets chucked in when England are in a mess. But at no point has he ever like won a test match or influenced a test match particularly greatly. So why do we expect to do it now?
2: Yeah, and in addition to that, you know we've got we've got in the notes here. So obviously, you know Robinson missing out because he's unfit, and that. These fitness issues, it seems to be kind of a recurring back spasm. Again, you know, I absolutely know um, no medic. I don't know, I don't know a doctor, but mm-hmm. his his fitness must be like a genuine concern just for him. You know, I'm not I'm not in any way having to go at, at, at his you know personal fitness, whatever. It's none of my business. But for him to consistently either pulling up during a test match, which in a way is the worst of both worlds, because then we're a bowl of light or pulling up. And I feel for him here, especially just before he's meant to be playing a test in about 48 hours time. It's rough. And my real worry is right, Dan. So looking at this team, right, we're going to be having a four-man attack. And if Leach is there in, in the place of move, we have three seamers and one spinner, which already is a little bit worrying because we don't think Stokes is going to be fit enough to bowl. If... Maybe for the next test, Robinson is part of that four-person attack, and he does pull up during the game in maybe the second or third session. Once again, we're going to, we're going to be playing a test match with effectively three bowlers, and I don't know how that can't be, you know, a, a real concern for the selectors. I assume it must be because four bowlers for me isn't enough, especially in, in, in conditions that we're not used to. Um, and of those four bowlers, for us to choose these, it, it just it worries me. I, I just I wouldn't be worried if I was a West Indian batter. I just wouldn't.
0: I, I agree, Glenn, and I do. I do. It's so, it's so just so uninspiring. I Mahmood is inspiring. I really like watching him, particularly in red Bull cricket, even more than white ball cricket. Even though he doesn't always get in, you know that that Lancashire side, he doesn't have the best record really in. In first-class cricket, but he's quite exciting. We're just he's looking just for of that. Players, We're looking got a bit for X-factor, aren't we? And he, he is right, that. It's
1: going it's to be fascinating to see if they pick Leach or not, because England are famously bad at reading pitches. You know, see Ahmedabad, see most of the Ashes just gone. Um, Zach, do you think they'll read the pitch right again? You know, just generally, are they, I, I can't read a pitch. You know, I'm not, but I'm not a Test cricketer or a Test coach. Um, and if they read it wrong and they go without the spinner, you know, maybe Root can do a jar. We did pick up a few and, and Lawrence did pick up a few in the president's game. So maybe they'll do that again, where they start relying on part time spin. Or do you think they'll go with spin and say, Lee go probably for the first time, can you be part of a four man attack?
0: Do you want me to tell you exactly how it's going to go? Yes, later please. Today? Is
1: this what England are going to do? Not what you what want to do. Yeah, England. Yeah. You are quite good at this. Go on.
0: So so first of all, worth noting. It has the, the pitch north sound, the, the Sevilla and Richards ground. And they are playing for the Richards Botham trophy for the first time, which as it's, a Somerset fan I, I quite like. Yeah, I'm sure it yeah. is. So um it it's been it's pretty flat generally. There. the pitch looks very flat, although obviously that's a day out. Don't know. It looks very flat, though. So we're going to win the toss. We're going to bat first. We're not going to pick Leach. Yes. And uh, I said this to a friend earlier, Zach Crawley's going to score six from six. It's going to (laughs) be the most beautiful, (laughs) the most beautiful drive you've ever seen. But then obviously he'll nick off. (sighs) Alex Lees is going to get 28 from about 100 balls. And it's going to be like, oh, okay. there's potential here. Yeah. You know. (laughs) Maker. Yeah. <laughs> drop the anchor. There's potential. <laughs> hard runs. He scores hard runs, and we're going to be bowled out for less than two hundred.
1: Okay, well that that's Zach's prediction, and I've, I <laughs> I've seen that happen so many times that I don't you know I don't see why not. Um, Lees was especially slow in the President's game. He did get his fifty, but it took a heck of a long time. Um, and I, I am interested in how these batters get on. This this could this could be a batting lineup for England. You know. You, you still got Pope waiting in the wings. Uh, I can't think of any others. You know, a Hamid or Burns to come back, Milan to come back, earn their place back, maybe. But why not, not, not this least, be our top? <laughs> <come on. laughs> why can't this be our top seven for the next three years,
0: maybe? Yeah, the Pope one's interesting because it's like they've. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't either fully back him because obviously. He's not done it at test level, really, has he? He had that one innings in South Africa. He looked awful in the ashes. But he's just been so much better than anyone else into county cricket for, you know, three or four years now. Just not even like a bit better. So much better than anyone else. And part of that, OK, is that he plays at the Oval. But he's still better than everyone else. Away from the. Statistically,
1: statistically, he can't. He clearly can't do Test cricket, and I think they're they're pitting him and Dan Lawrence to the death, aren't they? That that's pretty much it.
0: But if he's not going to play, say, all right, have have a few weeks off. Don't come to the West Indies. Have a few weeks off. You've obviously you probably you're probably not in the best place mentally after how much you like. The Ashes was a struggle, Mm. and the media attention of it. Have it off. Go back. Score bucket loads of runs again at the Oval and we'll have you back in in the summer because if, you know, if they're going to or back him, say, right, we well, you know, you are, you are the best batting talent in England. So we're just, gonna just keep play going to play you. Yeah. We're just going to keep going. And you will, you'll get there. That's
1: fair. And listen, England are great at treating players. Are they really look at Jack Leach, the amount matter drinks he's carried over the past few years. And he might again uh, today, as you're listening, we, we, we don't know yet.
2: Yeah, I think it's quite interesting, you know, look at that model, Zach, I couldn't agree more, like, it's been really good to see Crawley come back into the team, right, and there's a bit of excitement, I'm quite looking forward to seeing him open, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this opening duo do, Um, and I think you're spot on, I think either you back Pope and he plays this and he's in the West Indies for a reason, and that's to get runs as number five wherever he plays for England with, with his shirt on on the pitch, or go home and have a break and reset recharge and get runs mm. for, for sorry this kind of middle ground which you just you, you just alluded to down where you know your players are where England selectors seem to have one foot in one foot out with players can't be any good mentally I'm not quite sure what the bubble situation is but I know regardless of if it's strict or not for this tour people are sick of it um, I know it was obviously a bit of a battle in a load of um load of franchise um tournaments and obviously in the ashes I mean yeah either you're playing for England as a you know as a young man as well or go home and see your family and take and take a breather for three four months and come back fresh with a stack of runs in the summer this halfway house isn't helping him I don't think
1: yeah yeah I think that's that's a good analysis on on his place in the team and maybe it's almost like he's there just waiting for Lawrence to be terrible just like to bag a pair and and Lawrence must be like hold on why is this geezer here then am I getting three tests or are they waiting for me to to bag a pair
2: that's precisely what I thought. It can't do. Yeah, yeah. Again, you've got to have competition in the squad. Yeah, of course. If there's an injury, I'm not. We're not saying send anyone home if they're not playing the first game. That's not what we're getting at. But for Lawrence, yeah, it's not as if he's being backed to the hill hundred percent. If you know, Pope's the tree bringing him a drink when he's when he's up there batting. I, yeah, you know, I can see. I can see what the selectors are doing. Like you know, we want our best squad as well. Arguably, our best batting squad <laughs> there at the very least. That's where they said that caveat. Um, but you know, again, it does seem to. Come with this kind of real um, ignorance, once again, of, of of how players feel as humans and for their mental health as well. Yeah.
1: Well, it's gonna be fascinating to see. Uh, talking about injuries really quickly, I just did a list of um, the injured slash left out list of England bowlers. Talking about how underwhelming this attack is. Obviously, Broad and Anderson left out. We have Jofra Archer injured, Sam Curran injured, Ollie Stone injured, Braden Cars, who I read would have travelled if he wasn't injured also injured, and now Ollie Robinson's pulled up. Mark Wood was suffering with some illness, and, you know, although he has proved his, his fitness over the past year, I'd say, um, he can he can fold over at any point, you know, the, the, the stresses he puts his body through. So it's worrying. Listen, it's going to be interesting to see. I just hope England play some competitive cricket, because it feels like a long, long time since that happened, and I want to be excited about a couple of players again, and, and celebrate a win, and talk about a win again, and not do the uh, the post-mortem every podcast we shall see uh, zach really quickly could you give us a lowdown on west indies and what they're looking for uh, coming up in this series because again they're quite good against england at home i'm sure they're expecting to win this um who should we look out for
0: so England fans who don't watch that much of the West Indies will be happy that Roston Chase, who took eight for last time we were here, isn't in the squad. Ooh, he's we've,
1: the Axar Patel of the Caribbean, isn't he?
0: <laughs> he is. We've talked about we've talked about him on, in recent podcasts as to why he's not in the squad because he was that one of those two players who had a worse average over the last couple of years than uh, Pajar and Rahane. It was 18, just, wasn't it? He was averaging 18 right. over two years. Yeah, I think it might. Yeah, yeah. It was two years. It was two years. Yeah, it was like if anyone to have played a few tests, but like, it's awful. It was it, he was just in the side because well, he bowls a bit of spin, lads. So don't forget, he bowls a bit of spin. But then also, although he looked, you know, like the best spinner in the world <laughs> against England, his he's not taken that many wickets with the, with the spin either. Just underperforming generally, really. Other than that, uh, John Campbell who uh, scooped. Uh, Stuart Broad in yes. like the 10th over last yes. time England were there. <laughs> I remember him. Supposedly, he's going to open with uh, Craig Brathwaite, who Love obviously Craig Brathwaite, by the way. Star. No,
1: yeah. Craig Brathwaite is a proper plodder, but I like I like him for it.
0: I feel like he's... It seems like he's had just so many partners at the top of the order, and he's just there bashing them out. I mean, if, and he's always very close to, whenever I look at stats for kind of openers over the last two or three years. He's right near the top. But like you know, He's done better than any England opener has for a good while. Other than that, they've got a few names who England fans might not be that aware of. And Krummer Bonner kind of came into the side over the last couple of years. He's been all right. batted quite well. I think he's probably one of the... If you spoke to a West Indy fan, they'd say that he's one of the people they're most excited about, but still young. Kyle Myers hit an unbeaten 200 in that winning chase against Bangladesh last year that was, you know, unbelievable on, 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 test debut as well. I think again, like England, well, no, not like England in this test, but generally their bowling is better than their batting. i sorry, Joseph. I remember him in 2020. I feel like he's kind of taken a further step up and is now more of a, not necessarily an attack leader because they've still got, you know, Kimar Rocha we've spoken about. Sorry, on, on
1: Kimar Roach, when you brought him up, Glenn, sort of stoking the fire, I thought he was a pundit now. Just just that's why I referenced pundits. I didn't realise he was still knocking around. It's because he did some comms at some point for someone. And it was obviously because he was it might have been some franchise T20 cricket that he doesn't play anymore. Did not realise he was still knocking around the test team. Good for him. Like watching him play.
0: <laughs> He's great. I love it. We watched watch later today, later today, six for 45.
1: <laughs> what, as part of your uh yeah, up, yeah, That's insurance. part of it. That's
0: part um, of it. He loves he loves playing England, I think. Those stats to back that up. I feel
2: like he loves playing England. He always gets wickets when it seems to, doesn't he? He loves playing in England as well. He got eight yeah. to forty for sorry back in the day.
1: Yeah, so he... yeah great shout. Um, so, so what, I look day, forward yeah. to watching him playing because I presume he wasn't playing anymore. So that's a little bonus for me. Um, I recommend it. Forget people play, see him play again. Oh, this guy's playing again. Uh, right, we did, Zach, you did your very specific prediction for um, day one today as you're listening. Uh, let's have series predictions... I'm going to go first because I'm talking right now to get the good prediction out of the way, two one to the West Indies
0: <laughs> is is right, like? I'm going different no i'm, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with that but i'm going to, I'm going to give you some details. We're going to lose the first test like we always do, yeah. because obviously we're going to hit less than two hundred, yeah. You know, they'll be go to four innings, but it'll be, you know, they're chasing nothing in the final innings. Second test, Barbados, loads of England fans there. We're going to come back roaring. Everyone's going to be like, English cricket's back. <laughs> we're brilliant again. There's loads of Barmy army. It's all a big party. It makes everyone in the whole country wish they were in Barbados because England are good and it's a good fun. And then we're going to go to Grenada and we're just going to lose and it's going to be pretty embarrassing again.
1: I like these. that keep bringing very specific predictions to the table. I enjoy this more than just a series result. Um, Glenn, either go hard specifics or just give me a series result. Whatever you're comfortable with.
2: Uh, two 0 West Indies with a hard fought draw in Barbados.
1: Nice, very good. I think I think we got a chance of something happening there. Um, let us know your predictions. You can tweet us at rainstoppod or find us on our Discord channel. Uh, the link is at the top of our Twitter page. Um, three tests coming up. Exciting. Uh, Before we end this week's podcast, Zach, quick question time. Now, should we address the shambles of last week? Um, uh, Because I didn't help you out by thinking that D was like one you made up on top of your head because we think that was the correct answer. When was the first Test match played, Zach? What year was it?
0: The first Test match took place in 1877. The answer I gave was D.
1: (laughs) <laughs> the one that i thought I was would... fake but it was the actual answer okay yeah. well yeah don't that's got so that right. completely
0: your fault nothing to do with me <laughs>
1: nothing to do with me no though. but to be fair if i'd shut up uh, we, we might have got away with it but what we didn't okay 1877 good good bit of knowledge actually we should all know that as cricket fans right let's keep keep that one up there uh, and this week's quick question to leave us uh leave us for this week
0: as we've mentioned previously in the pod, the late great Shane Warne captained Rajasthan Royals to the first IPL trophy, but whos they beat in the final? Good question.
1: Can't say I was watching IPL cricket in 2008. Those are the, those are the glory days of ITV4 and Matt Smith coverage. Oh, I'm not sure I was watching.
2: Free to air. Those were oh, Free to air ones.
1: IPL was pure. Absolutely pure. Uh, great one to leave us on there, Zach. Thank you very much. Uh, that all about wrapping up for this week Uh, enjoy the cricket wherever you're following lots of test cricket to enjoy the women's world cup going on uh, pretty sport for choice at the minute Uh, Glenn thank you so much for joining us thank you really fun episode Zach thank you see you next week
0: yeah thank you I think tomorrow there might be cricket for 24 hours solid nice
2: we could do a charity stream
0: yeah let's do a charity 24 (laughs)
1: hours stream (laughs) just talking this 24 hours I'm sure loads of people would love that Um, Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed, and we'll be back same time next week. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com.
2: Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.
1: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early,